Welcome everybody to the Script Doctor Podcast. My name is David. And my name is Casey, and we're your hosts. And we're here because we love movies and TV shows, and frequently, they are very disappointing. So we created this podcast to discuss and try to fix them. Now I know what you're thinking. Are they real doctors? No, we're not. In fact, David and I have bachelor's degrees in business, and boy, has that got us so far. And you may be wondering if we're in the entertainment industry. No, we are just two friends that are passionate about movies and TV shows and talk about how they could be better. Hello, Casey. Hi, David. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You excited to be back here? Yes, I am. Me too. We took an unexpected-ish break Yeah. for a little bit. Partly because of just, you're busy, but also partly because... I was out of town. Hurricanes, too. Yeah. So that was fun. Hooray, Florida. Yeah, so. but we're back. Hooray! So excited to finally do this episode. This is the one thing I knew when we did this podcast. I was like, we're doing Legacies. <laughs> Absolutely. This is episode 15, Legacies, season one. So, Ooh, oh so God. excited to do this. Absolutely <laughs> despise the show, but yeah. I'm so excited to be here because I've mentioned before my favorite shows is like the Vampire Diaries originals. So this is an abomination from those two. So let's start there. This show, Legacies, is a spinoff from, well, those two shows. Yes, it's from both shows, essentially from the originals, but from both. Yeah, the originals is a spinoff from From Vampire Diaries. Yes. And this Legacies is a spinoff from, well, the originals. Yes. Now, let's kind of talk about, like, where we're kind of coming at this from, because well, I've never seen any part of this franchise other than like trailers and stuff like that except for just now when we watch the show right and casey here as she's said before is a big fan of like those first two shows let me tell you i can say for myself that legacies is an awful no good very bad show please god don't waste your time i spent weeks just trying to slog through yeah. This awful. I was like, David, have you mess. finished it yet? I want to talk about and, it. Like, I couldn't because I was just like the, so. David gets like bothered. this certain way when he really despises a show. Like, he just refuses to watch it, and it's I so can't. annoying. Like Umbrella Academy, which we're gonna do eventually. Yes, yes which is gonna be fifty-fifty because I love it. He doesn't. He only made it to like episode three. He was like, I can't. I hate this show. Because it's terrible. Like, I don't hate myself that I've much. given shows a chance where I'm like, I do not like these few episodes. And they're like, mm-hmm. just keep watching. It gets way better here. And I'm like, okay. There's nothing wrong with the notion of, hey, the show gets better after this many episodes. That being said, it's still a huge black mark on any show or movie. Truly, if, like, the beginning part is that, well, frankly, loathsome. Because yeah. I barely got through any of it and i got to like the first three or four episodes in like a week and i was like this show is exhausting these characters are so ridiculous they sound unreal the plot is just like coming out of nowhere just kind of happens even though these characters probably should be aware of some of these things going on but no it just feels not made up in the sense of just like this is obviously fiction because it's a fantasy show right an urban fantasy show Made up in the sense, like, it sounds like these like these writers aren't, like, following the rules of their own setting. 
as David was saying, the perspective that he has is that he hasn't seen Vampire Diaries in right. the originals. So, like, what you just explained to me was, like, exactly what I thought somebody who hasn't seen the other shows would feel. Because when Legacies was announced, they were like, you don't have to watch the Vampire Diaries in the originals to watch Legacies. But obviously, for those who have, you will get some things. So, I was excited because I was like, how is David going to get these things? Because he's not going to know. How are they going to explain it? And they really left out, like, so many things. And I understand this is supposed to be, like, its own show. But these people either have come from the other show, other shows, excuse me, or there's a reason for you to know some of these things. And I think a big part of the problem with it is... Part of it is definitely that the writers aren't following the rules of their own setting. That's already like a huge just like problem. That's one solid way of alienating longtime fans like yourself. And what's more is that these characters aren't really interesting in their own anyway. The Uh, only one to me that's interesting is, well, Hope. Obviously, she's depressive. (laughs) And then the twins. Everybody else in a lark. Everybody else is eh, whatever. Yeah, the headmaster, a lark? Yes. Yeah, I... I call him the headmaster because that's just what I know him as. He's like Rick the dad. Alaric. Yeah, he's basically the, the dad of the show. Right. Because, like, he's not technically Hope's father, but he's totally Hope's father. Just, like, effectively raised her, basically. Right. Well, let's get in and explain who these people yeah. are. Let's start there. Yeah. So, Alaric like, was a main character in the Vampire Diaries. Yes. So, he's someone that they brought over. And he, like David was saying, he's the headmaster of this Salvatore school, which is for supernaturals. Vampires, witches, werewolves. Right. That kind of thing. Yes. And then you have Hope Michelson. She is a tribrid, which means she is a vampire and a werewolf and a witch. Just hasn't unlocked her vampire side yet. For anybody who doesn't know what any of that means, it just means that she's extra special. She has... She's cool, I guess. She's a very right. special snowflake. And Hope Michelson, she is the daughter of one of the originals from the other show. So in the other show, she plays such a big importance. And then this show, we barely hear about her father. But ultimately, she's, extreme, she's extremely important. Then we have the twins, the Saltzman twins, which is Alaric's daughters, mm-hmm. Lizzie and Josie. And then we have other people like... MG and what's his name? There's another guy, Caleb. Caleb. And like vampires. It's funny at the beginning they're like featured prominently in the show, and then by the end of the first season, even like they've given up. Like the writers have given up on these characters, and they're like, uh, they barely get even ten minutes of screen time between yeah. the two of them too. It's really sad. And then you have Landon, which is a supposed human. He's our hunky romantic lead. Ugh. And then Roth, Raphael, his best friend slash foster brother, and he's a werewolf. Yeah. Those are your characters. These are your main characters, essentially. These are our main characters. We should probably just talk about them a little briefly, each one individually, I guess. As we said, Alaric, he's from Vampire Diaries. He's a headmaster. He's the father of Lizzie and Josie. He's basically a father to Hope. Yes. Because... Little background of hope, like her, both of her parents are dead. They died in the originals. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) So she's essentially. I mean, she does have family, but not you know, not her parents. Nobody's really in her life, and the parental figure in her life is basically a lark. Right. There's obviously hope. Hope is really cynical. She's very jaded, partly because she's lost many people in her life, 
and that's kind of where we find her at the show, and that this idea is developed a little more, at least. So that's kind of fun. That's like the one bright spot for Hope's character in this. Is she that... she's a loner too. Like yes. she just doesn't bother being friends with anyone because mm. she keeps losing people, and she just does better on her own. And that's part of her arc is yeah. that her learning to let people in a bit, which yes. is done okay. It's certainly not the worst part of this show. The problem is that this show really isn't about that, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the big flaw. Then Lizzie and Josie are the Saltzman twins. They are siphon witches. Lizzie is my favorite character in the show. She is she's the most, funny. She's funny. She's the most like honest. And to my mind, she's honestly the most consistently written because she's kind of a brat at the beginning, and towards the end, she's still a bit of a brat. It's just that she's she feels a little more mature towards the end, at least, given all the things that that have happened. Which is actually that's kind of exactly how a person would probably grow through this: is that start off pretty bratty if that's the way she starts out, and then just grow out of it a little bit. But Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be very sudden. And she'd still retain her own personality of being like, you know, I want to get my way because I want to. Whereas, I feel like Josie, almost manic, just like, one, yeah. She always does everything for her sister. She puts, she basically puts other people before herself, but she's like, it's toxic for herself as well. But then she kind of blows up towards like the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. And like then she just becomes like a douchebag, and it becomes a little a little much because I'm just like, oh come on! I feel like this this character feels unrealistic, as in just it's not bad that she's codependent. That's actually a really interesting trait for a character to have. The problem is that her way of combating that is just by being Lizzie 2.0, which is a big problem for the show because sorry, we have a Lizzie. We can't have two of them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that they're twins. The problem is that this show can't support two characters being that bratty. Yeah. It certainly makes them both feel unlikable. And the fact that Josie's the one, like, kind of co-opting Lizzie's more toxic personality traits makes it so that, frankly, I'm just like, if Josie died, I'd be kind of okay with that. It's obvious that they can act this way and people still be friends with them because they are the daughters of the headmaster of the school. They are the Mm. popular kids. Yes. So, like, people, even if they hate them, they still bow down to them, essentially. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And then if they don't, then they get burned. Yeah. Then there's this one kid, MG. He's a vampire. He's, eh, he's kind of there. I'm trying to think of anything he actually does that's very important. He has a crush on Lizzie. That's about it. Yeah. Caleb, he just seems like a cool... He seems like the cool vampire. Cool teenager vampire. Versus MG's not cool vampire. Right. Not smooth and suave kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's Raph, who just kind of... He's angry. He's the the angry werewolf type. Mm -hmm. And that might be kind of fun. but But then the writers kind of give up on him, too. And then they're like, I don't know, we'll just make him kind of fall for hope a bit. Uh." Mm. And I'm just like, oh, God, why? Because, yeah, I guess they really did kind of give up on them. And then Landon. And and the cherry on top for those three characters, MG, Caleb, and Raph, is that they're all black, and they just lose screen time as the season goes on. Oof. Yikes. Ugh. They are, I'm not that big a fan of Roth, but like, honestly, like, Caleb and MG, they're pretty cool. Roth is just like, it's, 
in this show, in this universe, like <laughs> werewolves, like the vampires and the witches, they all have like certain characteristics that almost yes. a lot of them, if not all, have. And werewolves, of course, like they're angry and they, have their own they just want to fight and all those things. And like that's rough. And it's like, dude, chill. Yeah, that's the problem is that like MG, Caleb, and Roth might be more interesting if they didn't fall so hard into their own stereotypes. Mm-hmm. I feel like MG doesn't feel like a vampire to me until he shows it, like his literal teeth and when he like drinks blood and things. Like Otherwise, I, he doesn't give vampire vibes to me. But then he's boring is a problem, yeah. too. Even in his unique personality, it's still just kind of boring because the, the show doesn't really like playing up to that. They don't show him being like, oh man, I really don't like showing my face and stuff like that. It's more just like, oh man, how can I be more vampire? You know, that's like, seems to be his aspiration. Is just like, how to how can I be more cool? And he never learns, hey, I don't need to be cool. I should just be MG. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care. And Caleb's boring. And Roth is just kind of, uh, just he's a werewolf. That's uh, fine. Mm-hmm. He's boring too. Mm-hmm. So these characters are boring. Like, as much as this show is just offensively just like, ugh, disgusting, so much of this show is just boring. And it's usually the characters. And Speaking he, of boring... Landon. Oh, God. He's a supposed human. Yes. Later we find out he's something else. Right. But, it, no. That's it could be basi- better. Well, that, that's the thing. Hope deserves better. Hope deserves better. She's a that's freaking what... tribrid. Well, that's... She, deserves, <laughs> she deserves a king, okay? Here's what's really sad. This guy... Landon is our hunky romantic lead. Now, that's not to say he has to... Please answer it. Do you think he looks like he has eyeliner on? That was all my the time. absolute all the time. thought the entire time. He looks like like the goth kid. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Little huddy. The, the emo kid. He looks like the emo kid. Mm-hmm. But he's not really goth. He looks like... His a, dark hair, yeah. his eyes, he looks like he has yeah. eyeliner on like the whole he time. He always it's wears weird. gray. He always wears black. Some version of those colors. He's never wearing like... like it, it just doesn't... He yeah. Di- he gives off those vibes, but he's clearly not someone who is going to wear like eyeliner. But he looks like he does it. It's just, it's just odd. And then he cares too much, and so he doesn't really even give off that a solid loner vibe either. Yeah. So it's like, kid just is desperate for attention, and I don't want to give and it And he's him. a foster kid, so like, you know. He's damaged. Yeah. Like Hope. Aww. Well, she's not a foster kid. She's an orphan. Aww. They, they both lost their parents. Yeah. Well, his parents abandoned him or gave him up or whatever there's at least more, at the moment he didn't know there's, there's more, more to it. there's more intrigue to landon's background yeah but like even so once it all goes down it doesn't really change his essential personality traits it doesn't really change the way he interacts with the world he's still a bit cowardly he still plays the role of being like that hapless human except he's not that hapless human which that was actually the one thing that i thought was going to be cool about landon is like, how does he survive Good as a God. human in this setting? Another Matt they, Donovan <clears throat> from Vampire Diaries. I can't <laughs> well, kill like, him. But like, he would have been basically, to my mind, as you know, not knowing entirely who that is, this person, Matt Donovan, makes a cameo on the show. But yes. like, I thought he was going to be a lot like the headmaster. I thought he'd just maybe just kind of maybe maybe just be his secretary or something, like his assistant. Mm-hmm. And that way, that would give his char- character something to do. It would give him a reason to be interacting with all these people and then be involved in important events. It'd basically be a lot like how Jon Snow was to like, oh God, what was the title? In Game of Thrones, the leader of the, the, the Night's, Night's Watch? Yeah, Night's Watch. Like he was just, Jon Snow was like the steward to like the leader of the Night's Watch. 
Mm-hmm. And like he was like always in the middle of the decision making, even though he was just a secretary, basically. Yeah. And I thought that's what they were going to make Landon, and that would have been kind of interesting. I honestly <laughs> never thought of that, but that kind of makes sense because I I did not realize that till now that if they had a human, that would be the Matt Donovan of Vampire Diaries in the show. Like yeah. in the show, like Matt Donovan was always the human. And he was just put in danger and in peril, but ultimately he never turned into a vampire or anything. Like, he was a human, and he survived, and I hated it. And it might have been interesting to watch Landon basically come up with creative ways to both protect himself and protect the ones he loves. It can be done. A lark did it in Vampire Diaries. Right, and he does it now on the show. Yes. But the show just gives up on Landon, too. Like, the show has lots of neat ideas. Truly, it does. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that it never spends the time and writing effort required to make any of them good. And so as a result, it all just kind of sucks. Yeah. So let's... We're not going to sum up, like, every episode. There's quite literally 16 episodes. There will be a few we can touch on just because, like, why I liked it and why I felt like it made sense. But ultimately... Again, Salvatore we'll, School for the Supernatural. We'll hit the major beats. Living in Mystic Falls, Virginia, which is where Vampire Diaries took place. Mm-hmm. And basically, the human world thinks that the school is like for troubled rich kids. That's yeah. what they think it's for. So you A s- cool idea. Yeah. And you see in the beginning of this show, Landon shows up with Roth. Roth is a werewolf. They introduce him to the school. They're going to erase Landon's memories because they think he's human. And then it doesn't work. Mm. And he wants to stay with it at the school. He thinks it's cool, whatever. Yeah. They eventually said, like, you can't stay because you're not supernatural. That's basically so, what it boils down to. Yeah. yeah. So then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And they find this bus completely burnt. Like, everyone's dead on board. Every And he's missing. And they think that he did it. And an artifact is missing, too. Yes. And that's when we see Matt Donovan, which, like, even though I despise that he's still alive, I'm like, or at least that he's still alive from Vampire Diaries. <laughs> I was excited to see a character from the show. I was like, nice, cool. And they go in the forest. They see a dragon, which never existed in the other shows. But we need plot. Right. And the show doesn't know what to do with the rest of the lore, so. So they fight this dragon. Hope was going to kill it, which, like, I get it. She should. But it's I was, a lame fight, too. Uh, yeah. I was telling... It was in slow-mo. They love to do slow-mo in this, this yeah, specific do. show for whatever reason. Not in the other ones. This is the <laughs> only one. That's funny. But Hope was going to, like, kill the dragon with a magical spell. Dark yes. magic. And as we mentioned, like, Klaus, her father, he's briefly mentioned in this show... But in the originals, like, and in the Vampire Diaries, he's quite literally, he's so big, he's essentially not a good person. Yes. And Alark wrote a book, and it had the title Klaus, the Great Evil. Like, that's all you really know about him. But he's amazing character, loved him in the originals. Like, he was so good, I love it. But you don't know much about him. But there was this line where she was going to kill it, and then Alark was just like, listen, this is your father. This vengeance, I won't have it. And I found that a good line because I was like, dang. Because he, kn- he knew Klaus. He hated Klaus, but he loves his Klaus's daughter. Let's break that down. It's a great line because 
it refers it references the history that the character already has mm-hmm. Alaric it references what we already know that Hope's dad is a bad guy it speaks to what's going on now that Hope is becoming a little too much like her dad and it speaks to the relationship that Alaric has with Hope yes it's hitting all those notes at once the fact that like he's more or less her dad figure and is like telling this to her in this moment where it kind of like is important and that's why it works this is might be like the single most bright spots in this show Mm -hmm. and if you can't get on board with that that's it you're not gonna like anything else in the show sorry so i really love that it really touched on that so moving on pretty much every single episode is a new monster it's a monster of the week kind of plot structure here these monsters that are coming in that we've never, at least, again, coming from the perspective of the other shows, never existed. We've only heard of them in the show as folklore stories. Mm. The only monsters are quite literal vampires and werewolves. Right. So we're getting these new monsters like dragons and a... What was the other one? Oh, God. There was dryads. There was was necromancers. Gargoyle. Yeah. And that might be okay if they were actually part of the plot the issue here though is that everybody treats all these threats as like they're coming out of nowhere we just had no idea this existed which just sounds really off like given how much everybody seems to know and how many secrets people like to keep you'd think that a lot of this would at least be rumored at hinted at like yeah you just think that we have that kind of thing too like we just know monsters too and in our own folklore but we just all know about it. We're not confused by it. We're not, like, surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what a zombie is. Right. But it's just it's just coming out of nowhere. And eventually they find out that they want this knife that Landon took. That's what all of these monsters are after. And they keep the knife at the school with the children. All these <laughs> monsters keep coming every week to get the knife and kill anyone and it's awake. Casey, Casey, we need plot. And so we it's have to dumb. And so, just... and, so, and so we have to have these characters make stupid decisions. You get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Even even if these kids are supernatural, first off, these witches are human, essentially. Mm-hmm. They can be killed just like that. So can werewolves. Vampire dyers are a little bit harder. But, like, they can be killed. And these are children. So it's like, mm-hmm. get it away. It's not important. Who cares? Yeah. But they keep it. Whatever. So moving on, one of the episodes I did want to touch on, uh, as David said, one of the monsters was a necromancer. Mm -hmm. So essentially brought someone back to life. An episode I wanted to touch on, which I really loved, was episode six, Mommy Dearest, where the twins, Lizzie and Josie's mom, their biological mother, came back to life. Like the necromancer brought her back to life. So they got to meet her because basically she died when the kids were in the womb. And it was it was such an emotional episode because it was the same actress. Like I cried in that episode. Like I was like, David, please tell me when you watch episode six. I need to know how you feel about it. I didn't care. Like it was so emotional. I love that episode because mm. again, if you are a fan and you watch the Vampire Diaries, you know exactly who she is. You know the episode where she died, and like the fact that she's back. And then, like, again, back for a lark, too. And at the end, basically, they had to let her go so she couldn't hurt them anymore. Or hurt them accidentally because she was being controlled by the necromancer. And it was so emotional. I was I was impressed. I loved it. 
I thought it was great. Well, that's kind of the problem, though, is that, like, as a person who doesn't know any of this and doesn't care about these characters, because mm-hmm. that's the problem. We're six episodes in, and I don't care. Like, that's kind of a big problem here, is that these characters feel irritating to me. I, th- I like Lizzie okay. She's yeah. fun. It might be fun to f- see who her bio mom is, but the big problem is that the episode spends so much time explaining all this that it feels like I'm really missing something already. And so when all the emotional parts really happen, they happen a little too quickly. Because I'm processing already that, like, oh, this is their mom. That by the time it's time for everybody to have tears right at the end and saying goodbye, I'm just like, uh, uh. Mm, David doesn't have a heart, so I don't know if I would fully take it from him. (laughs) But when I love a show, like truly, I get emotionally attached. Like I feel like I'm a part of the show. You know what I mean? Like these these are my friends or these are my family. And like when someone when someone who actually (laughs) is like worth something dies and it's like, oh my god. I can't. When we rewatch, I've seen Legacies a lot of times. I mm-hmm. cry every single time I watch that episode. Oh my god. I just like, it just, I can't. <laughs> Anyways, funny. moving on. So the necromancer does play a big part. He is one of the monsters, but he does stay. One thing that is cool about the necromancer is that it forces Hope to like effectively be honest about how she feels about her dad. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. That's kind of the one cool thing. Because he said that, like, he knew her father and that he can see, like, ghosts around people, essentially. Like, dead loved ones, whatever. But she wants to know about her dad. He was like, oh, you want to know, whatever. At the end of the episode, he's basically like, your father, like, lingers, but he'll never be at peace until you are. And she constantly holds on to the guilt of, like, her father's death and her mom's death because, essentially, it's... Kind of has to there's, do with there, her. There's, there's lots of drama surrounding yes. their passing. She holds a lot of guilt. I thought that was really cool and interesting where he was just like, he's there, but he won't ever be at peace until you will. And she's like, I don't know if he's telling the truth. She's like writing a letter to her dad. We're seven, episode, we're seven episodes in and we're talking about like one or two good things mm-hmm. out of 16 episodes. These are two things that I liked because I watched the shows. That's the big For problem. you, you're just like, okay. I was like, I think it's neat that she's like confronting something about her own internal feelings about her father. That's fine. That's actually really good. It's just like, this is coming in so late. Like, this should have been either the first episode or the second episode. Mm-hmm. Because if this show is about Hope kind of coming to terms with her origins and her past, wonderful. I love that premise. Great. Wonderful. Let's do it. Let's have more of that. But so much of the show is bogged down by monsters of the week that don't matter, by characters who I don't care about, who don't even figure that prominently into the plot, and to romantic leads who are boring and vapid. And if they died too, I'd be kind of okay with that. Who died? Our romantic lead, Landon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But But she needs one, I guess. She can have another one. She needs a cuter guy. Well, we could we the writers have that power. Yeah. Just like write Landon out of oh the show. Oh my gosh, a love triangle. Oh my god. But then that would be a bode to the Vampire Diaries, where like. No, that's too lazy. I I know, but like basically they had a love triangle yeah, on that yeah. one. Again, moving on, we kind of come a couple episodes later. Landon finds his mom, his birth mom. Yes. 
And basically, she... Oh, we haven't even talked about Malivore. There's a stupid monster thing. This Malivore basically is like some dark pit that is holding all these monsters. Yeah. And we meet Landon's mom. Landon's mom is basically a woman who worked for a secret human organization who is basically in charge of effectively like regulating supernatural beings and stuff like that. The end. That's all that matters here. Yeah. So basically she explained to him that she fell or dropped in the Malivore pit and came out and she was pregnant. Oh, I wonder what that means. Uh Uh-huh. So again, moving on. More monsters, blah, blah, blah. And then another episode I wanted to touch on, which I thought was interesting, which David didn't watch. Because, like, I skipped a few episodes just because, like, I kind of gave up. I couldn't remember if it was in season one. I should have looked. But anyways, episode 10, there's a world where your dreams came true. There's a Ginny, a genie, essentially. A Ginia. Yeah. That came to Lizzie, and she wished that Hope never came to Mystic Falls. Because, quick background, Hope, Lizzie, Josie don't really get along. And they've known each other since they were children. And they're just frenemies, basically. So Lizzie wishes that Hope never came to the school. So now you have this new reality. You have a poor school. And then they're trying to find supernaturals to bring to the school to bring money, etc., whatever. They go. They find Hope. And she actually turned out to be a fully realized tribrid. Like she was a vampire. She Again, as I mentioned, she hasn't done that yet in the show. And so I thought that was interesting. The fact that she didn't go to the school. That somehow it caused her to unlock that side. Or someone killed her. Whatever. Next reality was basically she wished that the school didn't exist. So then Hope's dad basically made a school for Hope, which was the reason, like, Alaric and Caroline made the school for the twins. This episode sounds like a Star Trek episode. Because Star Trek (sighs) likes to dabble into, like, alternate realities alternate realities and stuff like that. So one of the best parts of this show is following the proud tradition of Star Trek. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then the last reality was she wished hope never existed at all. Which is like, it's a really interesting concept the way that they did it, but also kind of didn't make sense. So since hope never existed, they basically played it off that her father, Klaus, and as I mentioned, great evil, he was kind of not great. Like he kind of killed a lot of people throughout the thousands of years he's been alive. And since she never was born, he had no will for anything. So then he basically revealed that vampires existed. Mad. Yeah, he went crazy. And then the world was kind of apocalyptic for supernaturals. Like they were on the hunt for any supernatural they knew existed. Also, coincidentally, in this episode, there's a secret that Alaric, their father for the twins, have been keeping from the twins about their origin. And they find out in this reality because he wasn't going to tell them until they were older. I don't care. <laughs> it, it plays a factor. But moving on, again, we get some more monsters. Oh, what a surprise. Again. Yay. Monsters, monsters, Is killing it... monsters. Another one comes, trying to get these things to unlock Malivore, blah, blah, blah. There's like invented drama between the staff, too. But then that's it. So touch on Malivore just like a tiny second. Basically, they figure out that... Anytime something, someone goes into this Malivore pit thing, no one remembers them. It's like they were erased from reality as it were. Yes. So that's why when these monsters come out, they're like, we would have heard of you. Like, we know what you are, but we've heard of you from stories. Like, there's no way you could have existed. 
I don't like. I get the concept. I also just don't like it. It's dumb. Well, it's it's a bit lazy because be, you're contriving this whole like really important mechanism, as in like everybody's gonna be forgotten, and the writers are ruthlessly exploiting it by just like pulling out any monster, any monster doesn't matter, just like any monster, a headless horseman, and a dryad, and a dragon, and this, and this, and a necromancer, all the monsters, and this show just has no sense of pacing. This show has no sense of just like, let's park on this one monster. Let's develop all the ideas we can with this monster. Let's have the characters get to know it and just like figure out how they feel about it. Remember scenes, Casey? Remember how like, remember when characters would like react to things and we can learn mm-hmm. how they feel about it? We don't have time. <laughs> yeah. They don't have time for that. No, they don't. So, yeah. Monsters, whatever. They get killed, blah, blah, blah. Landon finds out that he is the son of Malivore, oh, and he is how, a how phoenix. Sho- how shocking. Mm. Wow, congrats. You're not human. Yeah. And then they talk about how a witch, werewolf, and a vampire created Malivore to kill and take in these supernatural beings, except for quite literal witches, werewolves, and vampires. So that's why Hashtag privilege. that all happened. <laughs> and they basically say that hope is the key. No, hope says that hope is the key. Oh, okay. Because that's the thing. Hope says vampire, that... witch, werewolf. I and hate like, it. Well, here's here's how the ending goes down. The threats are eliminated. Landon is safe. Hope is safe. But then Landon's secret surprise golem brother mm-hmm. shows up and is releasing their father. Malivore mm-hmm. from his imprisonment and then hope somehow reasons that like oh because I'm this extra special magical person if I go into the pit I will eliminate Malivore now you may be wondering how in God's name does she like come to that conclusion well we're in the same boat because like it really doesn't make sense and it's a fact that barely acknowledged in the show because she's on the phone with Alaric Giving her all these, like, giving him all these commands about like, she, what to do. Yeah, she's telling Alaric to burn every paper, everything that he has on hope. Because she's going to throw herself into Malivore. And, and they're going to forget about her. And she doesn't want her friends and family to be sad. Aww, yeah. It's stupid. So, effectively, she goes in with the surprise golem brother, Clark. Yeah. And throw themselves into Malivore. Yes. And to keep Malivore from coming to life again, or coming like its own being again, I guess. And, and this somehow works because, like, it's not really clear why this is supposed to work, what her reasoning is. And Alaric tells her, "Hey, this is all theory." Yeah. And then she's like, "Yeah, well, duh, I'm a teenager and I'm, my, I'm the main lead." Once Hope gets like her mind on something, like there's no changing it whatsoever. And here's what's sad: she's never really proven wrong. She's always seems to be right. And that's kind of a big problem. That's the, you know, perk of being a tribrid. You're just so so smart. Apparently. And that's the and that's the really like sad part is that our hero's never wrong. And so as a result, our hero's never really learning anything. And so this is kind of like a, a Ray Skywalker slash Palpatine problem of just like, really, what's the point? In what way can she really grow? Because the beginning it was fine when she was like growing into like, you know, allowing people into her life. But we've kind of given up on that, and this is and the show's about monsters of the week, and our hero really isn't growing at it anymore. She's just defeating all these monsters because she's just right all the time, mm-hmm. and our and our headmaster who is 
seemingly wise and experienced is never proven to be like right when he says, hey, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the point? It's really hard to believe that's, that he actually is the good headmaster, given the fact that the show never seems to give him any credit. Yeah. I just, that's the end, you know, of season one. Yeah. She jumps in. Uh, Lannon was also there, but he, she didn't let him come in. She killed him. Yeah. And this is supposed to be like an emotional moment, but like it comes in for literally in the last like five minutes. Again, he's a phoenix, so he rises from the ashes. He's fine. Uh-huh. So he wakes up. And he's like, why am I here? You know? And yeah, it's yeah. it's proven that he hope is forgotten. That's the yes. end. And here's all the things I hate about the show. <laughs> <laughs> all in one. Ready? Pulling from the other show, in the originals, quite literally the entire show, is about the family. But they're ultimately trying to save, keep hope safe. Because someone is always trying to kill her, even at, before she was even born, when she was in the womb. So the entire show, someone's trying to kill her, take over her body, take her magic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Her parents fought five seasons, and they're, spoiler alert, they're dead. Yes. Like, they sacrificed themselves to save their daughter's life. Oh, no. Uh... And I hate the fact that she thinks that she was born... To be sacrificed, I think it is the worst thing. I was like, your parents did not kill themselves, literally, to save your life for you to do this. No, you are not the... I don't care if she actually is a sacrifice. There is no way. Let them kill everyone. I don't care. If Hope doesn't have to die, I'm fine with that. But I think it is the worst thing that she thinks that she is a sacrifice to save everyone else's life and she has to die. No, that is not why her parents fought for her to live. Her entire family killed people endlessly to keep her alive. For her to die at 16, 17 years old? Absolutely not. They kept her alive so she could live a long life and essentially not ever activate her vampire side. I can't. I can't with that. It's awful. <laughs> you, know, you want me to make this worse, Casey? Mm. The show seems to prove Hope right because she succeeds in eliminating the threat, at least in this season. I imagine things are... There's more uh, things. There's more but things. But we're only focusing on but, season but, one. I'm really trying not to mention like, anything from the other one. But the thing is that like she's proven right. And that's what's really shocking here. And so, like, yes, Hope was entirely correct in guessing that her entire existence is about sacrificing herself. No, Malivore was created <laughs> long before she was born. Yeah. I just, I really hate that concept. I figure in this show at some point that they probably will make her a fully realized tribrid just because she's a tribrid. Why not? But ultimately, I'm like, she doesn't need to actually fully die, like, gone. You know what I mean? If she does, it'll be a huge cop-out. Because yeah. it's just going to be a weird, like, ah, isn't this so much like Klaus Michelson? Oh, my God. But, like, and I know this sounds, like, bad, but it's just, like, I don't want her to sacrifice herself for those people at that school. <laughs> for that boy. Look at that hair. She could do <laughs> so much better. Like I said, she deserves a king. I just hate that i just don't think it's right imagine this imagine this and this and we can start talking about our fixes right here imagine if the show were more like this if the show had a more proper romantic counterpart for her one that started off really slow that was built up throughout the whole season 
And then things kind of came to a head. And then she made the decision to sacrifice herself. You know what I would really love is like maybe she had like a werewolf boyfriend. Human eventually triggers a werewolf curse. Sure. Becomes a werewolf. Okay. And then he's dying. Okay. He hates vampires. Like he doesn't want to be one, but I mean he, you know, hangs with them, whatever, but he He tolerates it. He tolerates it, but he essentially doesn't like vampires. He's dying. Okay. She gives him her blood, and then he effectively comes into a hybrid, but then he, like, low-key hates her for it because he never wanted to be something like that. I would love that. And that's the thing is that, like, if you built up a character from that kind of, like, origin, you could totally do that. Mm -hmm. The problem is this show and the writers, I have no confidence that these writers actually know... How to construct a really proper arc for any of this. Listen, Julie Pleck, who is the writer of, like, Vampire Diaries, the originals, Legacy, she's really good. Like, she created these, like, the shows. It feels like she's good. up. But this one, yes, Legacies feels like they've got no other choice. I hate the whole monster ordeal. That I hate the whole Malivore concept. You could quite literally have a show on kids at the Supernatural School having to deal with supernatural problems and humans mm-hmm. and whatever... Just like Vampire Diaries, but a little bit different. Yeah. And it's... The whole monster concept is so dumb. And also, another thing I hate is there's only one person I believe that should make an appearance in this show, a cameo, Mm -hmm. and she has not made it. And we've seen Matt Donovan from Vampire Diaries. Love him. Great. Well, I don't love him. But I love that he showed (laughs) up in the show. Then we saw Jeremy Gilbert, Mm -hmm. also from Vampire Diaries. He showed up for a hot minute. I don't remember so far in season one. So a few characters. Yes. But Caroline Forbes, she is the surrogate mom, basically, of the twins. She is their mom. That is their mom. Like, they talk to her. They mention her a lot in the show. Sure. She's in Morocco, wherever. She's somewhere. She's never coming. She's She's not in the show. She's not there. But they keep talking about her. And I'm like, all these things are happening to your kids. She's the owner of the school. Oh, Okay. She, she's essentially the director. Like, she owns the school. These kids are hers, essentially. Like, all of them. She's responsible for this. I understand if she's not a regular, I get it. But, like, Candace King, that is the actress's name. Is she busy? Well, she has, like, a podcast. That's the only thing I know she does now. Does she have real work? <laughs> as, as far as I know, no. Okay. No. So I don't know if she doesn't want to come back, which it sounds like she does from what I've heard. Okay. I don't know if they haven't asked her to come back. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But she's the only person that I think needs to come at least just once and just make an appearance because they keep talking about her. Like they're building her up, but she's never there. And I, she's the only person I think that needs to come in and she has yet to come in there on season three of this show. <laughs> I haven't watched the last few episodes, but I know for a fact she hasn't showed up yet. They've, she's only done a voiceover for something for one thing. I think it's dumb. It's either kill her off or she needs to come on the show for at least one time. If you're going to bring people in, she's the only one that needs to come. So yeah, I think a big part of our fix would just kind of be like, go ahead and like, really, if we really want to preserve the way that the show ends, with the, which is with Hope kind of sacrificing herself on some level mm-hmm. for a boy, ostensibly, then you then you need to really build up Men their relationship. Men worth it, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Save your time. Usually not, no. <laughs> so, but if you're going to have that plot point, that's fine, but you really have to really carefully build it up with a character who we could really conceivably see her with and who gets along with her 
and who can see with him with her too mm-hmm. and like they both have to be really cool interesting people yes that we both that we and we have to love them both because if we don't we're not going to root for them right or we're not going to be heartbroken right. by the time that she sacrifices herself lana just sucks and you're just like can you just go away Oh God! If he want, if he just left the show, I'd be so happy. She needs someone else for sure. So you, the you, way you, that you. they say, like, Vampire Diaries is about love. The originals was about family. Legacies was about friends. Now each show quite literally has it all. Not really. The originals they don't really have friends. They have family or love. But it, they should focus on that, which they cut. They like Loki do about the friends, like all the other ones. But it's like. It's focusing on these stupid monsters. It never really feels like a show about friendship. No. They find a way to work together sometimes, and eventually they get mad at each other for something. Actually, no. Now that I think about it, the more I think about it, this feels like a show about people who really hate each other and are forced to work together. together. But at the end, they still kind of hate each other. It's not like they've formed friendships at the end. Like, at the very end of the season, Lizzie tells Hope that, like, hey, you're our friend. But They're like, frenemies. But she says friends. She doesn't say frenemy. But the problem is that, like, it still doesn't feel like they're even that. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. Like, But they also the show, they also don't like Hope because they're jealous of her because their father treats her like a daughter, sh- too. But then the show pretends that they're working through that barrier. Right. But they're really not. And so by the time Lizzie declares, oh, yeah, for sure... We've kind of like conquered this between us, Hope. Aren't we friends now? Ha 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 ha. No, it doesn't seem believable. It just is more emotional pay dirt that isn't earned. And so as a result, it feels more confusing than it is enriching and stuff like that. Yeah. So ultimately, what we would change about the show, take away the stupid monsters. Malvor hate it. Hate it. I don't like the concept. Yeah. You can just have the change kids the at school. Dealing with a school with yeah. supernaturals, that is its own thing in itself because that's what the other two did not have. They did not have their own school for supernatural beings, all three of them together. And there are plenty of dangerous things already. Yeah. Like clicky things, like so many things yeah. can happen. So that would have been fine. Give hope someone else. Yes. Or like you could if you really I don't want Landon in there. But if he had to be, bring someone else in, forget him, bye. And by the way, we're, um, we haven't actually talked about the performances, but they're usually pretty bad. Oh, and David hated the music, too. Oh, yeah, the music was terrible. I will say the music in Vampire Diaries was pretty solid. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the originals, but the Vampire Diaries, it would go with, the, especially, like, the <laughs> sad ones, crying. That's funny. But, <laughs> yeah, give Hope someone else, someone more interesting. Like, I just... Give Hope a character to be with. Landon's just, like, a... Almost like a, a cardboard cutout of a person. A vessel. A vessel for, like, plot that just has powers that prevent him from dying. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the only thing Landon does. He snarks at things, but so does everybody else. Literally, the entire, like, script is about snarking it. It's really exhausting. An interesting that could thing that could have happened at the school. Somehow, like I said, something clicky where, like, they're all mad at each other. And then fine. maybe the vampires and the werewolves, because they're natural enemies are against each other for whatever reason, and then the witches have to split off, and then they get into a quite literal bloodbath, and then they have to deal with the aftermath of that. That would have been kind of nuts. So there's so many things. It's a TV show. There's so many things that could and will happen, but like the way that they're just going with this, coming from the point of being such a fan, I think they went such a wrong route. And coming from a point where you've just started watching this, it still doesn't seem good at all. It's not. And you're missing so much information that, like, 
once they come into play, you would either resonate with it more or understand it more and realize why they are the way that they are. Like with Lizzie, Lizzie is yeah. kind of crazy. There's a reason she is. Her coven that she's from, it's full of crazy people. Her uncle that killed her mom was crazy. I know why they're doing that, but you don't. Well, the problem is that like, it doesn't really matter who her uncle was. That might be interesting to like really observe as like a, oh, that's fun. But like he, he does make an appearance eventually. But like what is more important though isn't even that he appears. What matters more to me and to the show Does that make sense? Is that it makes sense, but like how does that affect Lizzie? How does Lizzie feel about herself? How does that make Lizzie feel about other people? How does that make other people feel about Lizzie? The show just gives up on its own characters. They just throw good ideas at you and expect you to just kind of like love these characters and that's it. Instead of just like actually like creating people who we might like and then building on them into characters that are fun and interesting to actually watch. Your character can't just be edgy. An edgelord isn't a cool character. Edgelords are usually kind of boring and it's usually kind of violence for the sake of violence. And so as a result, it just kind of becomes boring. Mm -hmm. And and if the show doesn't care and the writers don't care, because clearly they don't, they're stealing from X-Men, which might be a cool idea if they actually develop that again. Because the writers don't care, and the characters don't matter, and the plot doesn't matter either, and the payoffs are ridiculous, I, I who cares? This, this show is stupid. There you go. There's the show. Listen, I continue to watch the show because I'm such a fan of the universe, and I want to see because, what happens. Because Casey is self-loathing, and we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here for me, David. You're so kind. <laughs> You're welcome. This is a show where I'm like David, where he's just like, I really loved watching it, but I hate it. Okay. I hate the show. And that's how I feel about this. I love watching it because it's the same universe. I'm waiting for other people to come in that I know. I'm waiting to hear references. I'm waiting to see what they're doing. I'm waiting to see this character be like her dad. Like, this is what I'm waiting for. What's going to happen if they don't come, though? I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Listen, in Vampire Diaries, there was a, a character that left for the last season. And I was like, if she's not there at the finale, I will lose my mind. <laughs> Praise the Lord she came. Because if she okay. didn't, I would have been so pissed. That's and like I said that the whole season, but it manifested and she came. You will so this is what I'm hold, hoping. I'm hoping <laughs> Caroline or Elena... Or Damon. I don't see Damon coming in. I don't know about Nina Dobrev, but, like, Caroline has to. But, like, those main characters, if you just, like, slide in real quick because they, they mention them, I would be happy. That's and the show can end. It could still be awful. As long as she comes in, <laughs> I'm fine. We can end the show. And then Hope, I don't really expect her to become a tribid, but it would be, like, a fully realized one. But that's something I would also kind of like to see, but then I feel bad because then she couldn't have kids anymore. But, anyways... <laughs> So that was Legacies. Uh, I, I got my rant off. Uh, yeah, so if you really want to watch it, <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's yeah. a CW show. It's that should tell you already everything about there it. There is a season four coming, so it's still successful enough to keep going. I honestly think season four will probably be its last. We'll but see. I'm surprised it had a season four because I thought the ratings were like low. I'm surprised the show had a season one, period. Just because, like... The, no, the, the one is understandable. The two is like, okay. Because, like... By the middle of the show, it's so bad that I would have thought, like, I could imagine a producer being like, all right, we're pulling this. This is dumb. And nobody likes it. But apparently people liked it enough. Mm -hmm. They had the strong fans from Vampire Diaries and originals. So, so basically you. Me. 
So you're propping up. I'm giving them money. So <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying I need money. But if you could just throw Joseph Morgan or Ian Summerhold on my way for a hug, I'd call it even. Uh, for every dollar this show makes, they owe Casey a dime. That's still be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. So that's it. <laughs> I, again, a recommendation. Yes. I, from, from me, because David hasn't seen it, Vampire Diaries and or the originals. In all honesty, the originals, you don't have to watch The Vampire Diaries, but they are introduced in The Vampire Diaries, so I feel like it makes so much more sense to do it, but definitely watch one or the other. They're so good. Love it. They're both on Netflix. Give it your time. Don't waste your time with legacies. I desperately wish I had like some kind of urban fantasy show or jaunt or movie to recommend, but like... That's okay. We're still going I, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know of any that I actually really enjoy. Yeah. Like, the closest thing to, like, it's not urban fantasy. It really isn't. But Stranger Things, but, like, we recommended that before already. Mm-hmm. But more than that, it's not really an urban fantasy kind of thing. Listen, I you want to hear about vampire t- shows? I got I, you. I, I got well, you. I, I enjoy vampire and all those, like, supernatural things. But, like, usually most of the time, they're usually written really poorly. And they usually just, like, try to imitate Twilight in some way or other. Very romanticized. And poorly written, like Twilight. Hey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Tune in next week. Yes, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for... Vampire Academy. Yay, another vampire TV show movie. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a slight break from vampires and we'll pick back up eventually. But yes, <laughs> so stay tuned for next week, Vampire Academy. Thanks for being patient with us. Yes. And hopefully we don't have to do this again. But, you know, we're just so busy with... We're human. Yeah, life. Yeah, true enough. David's just so popular. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even get that out. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye.